Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hi, everybody. Hi. I am. <laughs> Did you whisper hi? I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. And this is Don't Miss This. And we are really glad that y'all are here. Welcome to the end of Second Nephi. We are wrapping up um, Nephi's words right now, right today. So <laughs> I sounded like a game show host <laughs> right here, right now. Um, Second Nephi 31 to 33. So this is awesome because we've seen this a couple places already, and we're going to see it throughout the whole Book of Mormon. But this is Nephi. It's funny because, oh, maybe I should open the scriptures. Oh, and just so everyone knows, I'm on the scriptures on my phone in case people are <laughs> sad at me because sometimes they're like, tell that man to stop playing on his phone, but it's the scriptures. Okay. Um, at the end of 2 Nephi 30, he says, I make an end of my saints. And then it's almost like he was like, that was not a good goodbye. Um, and he wants to say one more thing. And what he says is this. Verse 2, he says, I want to just talk one more time about Christ. I want to talk about the doctrine of Christ, like my belief in, in him. And, and I love that he does this at the end of his book where he's just like, there's a chance that you might think I'm the hero of the story. There's a chance that you might get caught up in all the stories and everything that the boat, happened. The broken bow, going you think, back and get the scriptures. Yeah, that you think this is about me and my brothers or about this and this. He's like, no, 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 let me tell you, this is a book that was meant to show you how great and how good God is. So for my last testament, I'm, I'm gonna, is that what that last will and testament mm-hmm. means? Like for my last words, yeah. I want to you know, testament say, can mean covenant. Too. So oh, it's that's just cool. the, the, the most important thing, the last lecture. This is Nephi's yeah. last lecture. And I need it to end on Christ, right? That's what I really want to do. And it's cool that he says doctrine of Christ. A friend of mine did this study in the scriptures and found that anytime um, that it's talking about doctrines, plural, in scripture, it's something kind of negative, like false doctrines, doctrines of devils. But when it's talking about doctrine, it's always the doctrine of Christ. Almost as if to say, we have one belief as Christians, and it is in Jesus, Jesus Christ. Right? That's so, um, this is what he wants to say. Um, uh, he says, and it's actually really simple. It's plain. Um, it's plain, and it's plain. Yeah, you love, he says it three <laughs> times. Just in case you didn't get it, he tells you at the end of verse 2, I'm going to speak unto you plainly. According to the plainness of my prophesying, for my soul delighteth in plainness. If you're a writer, you know, you never use the same word <laughs> twice in a sentence. You just don't. Your editor would be so mad about that. Yeah, and but... there it is just three times in a row. He's like, in case you didn't get it the first time, I'm going to let you know two more times. Yeah, it's this is plain. really simple. It's just really, really easy. This mm-hmm. is We shouldn't complicate this. Um, and he even says, because the Lord God giveth light unto the understanding of people. This is the end of verse 3. He wants us to understand this really important truth. Um, and he speaks unto us according to our language and according to our understanding. Oh, we love that line so much. Just think about that. He's going to talk to us according to our language and unto our understanding, like the level of our understanding. 
my two grand boys are just learning how to talk, both of them, and it is so much fun. I don't know why, but that is like seriously my one of my favorite ages is them trying to figure out how to verbalize things. My favorite age is when they can wipe their own bums. Okay. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> coming, but first, talking. And it's just so cute as they're just trying to get it all figured out and, and let you in on what is going on up here. And one day Kingston was trying to tell me something and I was not getting it. And he came right up to me and he grabbed my hand and he yanked me down to his level. And then he just took my cheeks in his hands and he put my mouth right by where his mouth was. And then he told me as slow as he could the thing he wanted me to know. And here is the beauty. It worked. Like <laughs> I knew exactly what he was saying to me when it happened. And it was so cute because I repeated it back to him. And he was so proud. Like he just got that look on his face. Like, see, I did it. But I love thinking that is how it's going to work for us. He's going to speak to us in our language and according to our level of understanding, whatever that looks like. And not just about the doctrine of Christ, right? He's going to do that in all of our life. He's going to help us learn how he communicates. Because I feel like there are certain lessons and things that he wants us to know. He's like, I need you to realize this and I need you to under... It made me think, if God were to take me by the face, mm -hmm. um, I wonder what truth right now he's like, David, I really want you to understand this. You know, mm -hmm. there's something I really, really want you to understand. One, one time, I mean, this is interesting that it says he speaks unto us according to our language and understanding. And you might read that initially and think, oh, God speaks our language. So all mm -hmm. of you French people out there, don't worry, God speaks French. Um... And Japan. Ja 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 <laughs> Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> okay, but uh, <laughs> um, I don't necessarily, like, that's true that he speaks all the languages of the world, but I think it's more kind of like um, the way we speak, like our style, mm -hmm. our talk. There was this one time where I um, was kind of wrestling and struggling with um, kind of the goodness of God. Like we had been, I'd been thinking a lot about World War II and the concentration camps. And we were over in Germany, Jenny and I, and going to one. And I'd thought about it for like six months. It's just been something that had been on my mind. And before I went, I prayed and I said, Heavenly Father, I just need, I just need to know that you were there. That like, like you, that happened and agency and all that kind of stuff. But were you there, you know, and uh, go and I'm like walking through and we get to this spot in the barracks. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, this line from a movie uh, came into my mind clearly. Like, oh, I almost saw the scene from the movie, and the line was, I never left you. And it came with a really sweet spirit with it. And I thought it was just interesting. I'm, I'm a movies guy. You should know that. And, like, I get drawn into them. And, um, and that line uh, meant something to me. It spoke to my heart in a really unique and powerful way. And it actually was, it was my answer to my prayer. And it's interesting, right? That you're like, God spoke to me in my language, the way that mm -hmm. I heard it and I understood it. And it kind of passed understand, you know, like, yeah. you know, it Paul uses that phrase. Yeah, it surpasses goes, your understanding because of how good he is at showing us that his love. Yeah. And I love that Nephi, at the very beginning, as he's going to teach us the doctrine of Christ, says, this is what you need to know. It's not going to be hard for you to understand. And in fact, God is going to teach it to you in your own language and according to your own understanding. So sometimes we talk about it and we're so fast at going through it. This is what it is. It's faith. It's 
baptism, repentance, it's baptism, it's the Holy Ghost, it's enduring to the end. And they're all words that we, we've almost become accustomed to. We're callous to what they mean. And, and Nephi's telling us, no, I want you to see this is how God is going to connect to you through these things. He's going to speak to you in your own language and according to your own understanding. That's how you're going to come to know the doctrine of Christ. And as we look at each of these five things, how are they personal to us? What has our experience been with each of these things? If we were to sit and think about the times when maybe the Father has taken us right in his hands and said, listen, this is faith, right? This is repentance. Let me show you um, what this is and, and how it pertains to your your plan, you know, yeah. the plan I have for you. Right. So we're just going to kind of go through those and, and take a look at them, and, but particularly looking at them as how do they connect us with the Father and the Son? Like how is it that they help to develop that relationship and that trust um, in them mm -hmm. and, and having them as companions throughout our entire life? So the first one that we generally talk about is faith in Jesus Christ and what that looks like. And Emily's flipping to the Bible Dictionary. And if you are not a fan of the Bible Dictionary yet, it is time. Um, <laughs> like you, like this, they've got some really, really cool entries in there that kind of help expand the meaning of some of these words. We love what it teaches about faith. Um, it tells us to have faith is to have confidence in something or someone. So we love that. That The first thing is we need to figure out how we develop confidence in Christ. Um, it also tells us faith is a principle of action and of power. So it's actually going to move us to do something. As you think about that connecting, um, it always moves its possessor to some kind of physical and mental action. Um, and we love the thought of that. Like as you think about faith, it's not passive. It's, it's going to actually move us into relationship with Christ. Yeah, and one of the verses that we like that talks about this, well, it doesn't actually... Well, you'd say at first it doesn't talk about faith, but watch. Second Nephi 32, 8 and 9. And Nephi's kind of talking about uh, what a prayer life looks like. Um, and he says this. He's like, it kind of grieves me that I have to speak about unto you concerning this. For if you would hearken unto the Spirit which teacheth a man to pray, you would know that you must pray. For the evil spirit teaches people not to pray. But well, yeah, whatever. I just edited it. <laughs> okay, that's my interpretation. Um, the evil spirit teaches you not to pray, um, which is intriguing to think about why of all things, right? If the Father's trying to hold us in our hands and saying, like, this is what I want you to understand, why would the devil be trying to interrupt that? Why does he want us to not pray? Um, but he says in 9, if you pray always and not faint, and don't perform anything unto the Lord, except in the first place you pray unto the Father in the name of Christ, that he can turn whatever this is, whatever your experience is, into the welfare of your soul. Bring him into your story. Bring him into the conversation and watch what he can do with it. It's so interesting because Elder Packer tells us one of the, reason, one of the things that you do if you're going to battle against someone is that you jam the channels of communication. You try to make it so the people can't communicate. That's the first tactic, like that's the number one thing. And it's interesting that that is where Satan wants to go. He wants to say, let me just disrupt that communication because if I can disrupt your prayer life, 
I can disrupt that connection with God, which is going to disrupt your relationship um, with the Lord, right. which becomes one of the most important possessions we have in this life, I think, is that connection and that relationship with the Lord. Which seems is such an important, whenever we talk about this and start with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I think really what we're saying is like, um, like what is this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? It's like doing life together with. It's like this is just at the heart and soul mm-hmm. of all of it. And I don't think that the devil is ever going to come, by the way, and just whisper in somebody's ear and tell them like, don't pray. <laughs> That's a good devil voice, right? But he's going to come in and say things a little bit differently. Like, you're not worthy to pray. And... Um, it probably is not going to matter what you say. Um, this is too small of something to pray for. It's going to be lines like that, I think, when yep. he says that he that teaches us the not communication. to pray. And right. it's important to talk about, we don't pray to Jesus, right? We're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. It tells us right here in, um, in these verses that we're reading, ye shall pray unto the Father in the name of Christ. And I love as we think about that, because sometimes we read that and we're like, and that's why we end in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But name can also be substituted or switched for the word authority. Or power. So we pray in the authority of Jesus Christ or in the power of Jesus Christ that um, there's, for some reason that gives me so much more confidence in my prayers Mm. that I think to myself, I'm not just praying alone, but I have the Savior standing right next to me and he's in this with me and he's part of creating this relationship and I have faith in him to advocate for me with the Father in what I need in my life right now and I think that's important. Yeah and every time I think about the phrase pray in the name of Christ I I always think about the fact that I'm like I feel like God um, is listening and has my best interests in mind because he sent Christ. Like, I, I know that this is, you know, this, mm-hmm. my relationship with the Father, like, has so much, has so much to do with Christ, right? And so I love that whole concept yeah. of, like, of that. So, anyways, a lot to think about with um, um, faith and trust and involving in relationship. That's really what that one mm-hmm. is. The second one is... Um, the word that we like to use a lot is repentance. And Nephi actually does, and he does it twice. It's in Second Nephi 31, 11. And sorry, everybody, I don't know what order I was drawing this in. I think I might have been drunk that night. So good thing this one's about repentance. Okay, so 31, 11, and it says, And the Father said, oh, and do we want to just be Scripture nerdy for one second? Yeah. This is one of the spots in Scripture, if you're wanting to do a little bit deeper study, where um, Nephi quotes the Father. So it does not happen very often in Scripture, but it does in these chapters. So it might be an interesting study to look and see, like, what does he quote the Father as saying in these chapters? It just doesn't show up very often. Um, Even though Jesus speaks for the Father, it's just unique. Um, Okay, 31.11, he says, Repent ye, repent ye, and be baptized in the name of my um, beloved Son. I'm so happy the word beloved is in there Mm -hmm. because, like, we might get the wrong idea with the word repent. Like, you know, like, you almost like, where is that word used? Oh, from the street corner with someone yelling at you and telling you, you know, you're naughty, you're bad. We love teaching the word repent. 
Um, because, yeah. Yeah, we want to rebrand it, yeah. you know, as a good word. So, repent. Do so, your yeah, sign language thing. Sign it's language. so fun. It's so fun. So, um, if you were to learn the sign language for change, you would make a C with this hand and a C with this hand. And then you just put them together and they just change places. Um, that's change. Repent is the same way. Um, it is an R and an R and you put it here and it does the same thing. What I love the most about this is it's a turning, right? It's a, it's a turning back. It's a turning again. And what we learn about that is it's, it's changing or it's turning from one way to another way. That's repentant, repenting. It's turning again to Christ. That's what's happening there. Every time we turn again or we turn back to Christ, we are repenting. So it actually isn't something that just happens once. It's a process of a turning again or a turning back over and over again that brings us back into relationship again. Yeah, and I love this. I just remembered as you were talking about that President Nelson and this last general conference, April 2019. Is this the most, is that the last one? Or a year ago, I guess. I don't know what month it is, everyone. <laughs> but um, this is his talk, We Can Do Better and Be Better. And he teaches us the Greek of repentance, which is metanoeo. Meta, which means change. And the other word, which means mind, knowledge, spirit, and breath. He says this, Thus, when Jesus asks you and me to repent, He's inviting us to change our mind, our knowledge, our spirit, even the way that we breathe. He's asking us to change the way we love, think, serve, spend our time, treat our wives, teach our children, and care for our bodies. Hmm. Um, and then this idea that repentance is not an event, but it's a, it's a process. And it's this whole idea of... Um, I am, I'm learning a new way to see and to think and to breathe. I have this fresh view and idea about who God is and who the Savior is. Um, and that's why I think the sacrament is so central to this because every mm -hmm. week it's just like, wait, 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 wait. Look at who he is, you know? See the, the, the sacrifice, a symbol of his sacrifice and get a new fresh idea about who yeah. he is and why you'd want to do that. I also want to throw this little plug in as long as we're talking about it. Um, what, I can't believe I forgot the name of um, his book, Elder... Um, oh, Forgiveness. Yeah, The the Divine Gift of Forgiveness. Yeah. Okay, um, if this is a topic that you are really, really interested in right now, the topic of repentance and forgiveness, Elder Anderson's new book, The Divine Gift of Forgiveness, um, is uh, like I can't even explain to you how out of the park good it is. It's um, beautiful. It will give you a new, fresh idea of what repentance is. And the most beautiful part about the book is every chapter is centered on Christ. Mm. That repentance is not an act isolated from Him, but it's like only He can help us change. And it's bringing our relationship back together. So it's so awesome because it's not about penalty and check marks. It's about relationship with Christ. That's so good. Um, so the next one that we go to, the third one is baptism. And we love what it teaches here. We're in 31, 2 Nephi 31, and it just talks about, it actually starts right off the bat talking about um, the baptism of the Lamb. And if the Lamb of God needed to get baptized, then each of us need to also go through that process. And it's a process of becoming holy. That's what part of the process is. And it wants to talk about that in here, that that's how... Um, holiness happens 
and it's an example and it's a pattern of obedience um, and also a, it's what allows us to enter into the covenant that's what baptism does for us which is so beautiful you think about Christ when he was baptized is what started him down his mission living out his mission the healing and the teaching and all of the things that he was going to do baptism is what was like that gate that allowed him to go in and live his ministry and the same is true for us that that's the covenant path right it's the entrance into the covenant path it's what where we promise we will bear and mourn and comfort and stand as a witness um, baptism becomes a connector for us into relationship with Christ. Yeah, because I love talking about the covenant path as being like a life with Jesus. Like that's what it means. That's the moment that a person says, I would like to do life with you and as you, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's how I translate covenant path when I hear it spoken so often. And I was just thinking like, we recognize this in marriage. There is a moment and a ceremony in which we enter into official relationship with a spouse, right? And um, and it just looks like, you know, in you some put places ring putting rings yes. on. It's just like this symbolic mm -hmm. ceremony that, and someone with legal authority says, okay, now you, you two are one. And baptism is that moment. It could have been putting rings on. It could have been a handshake, could have been a signature, but it was this symbolic ceremony of now enter into this life of living with Jesus. But then also, I love how you say as he mm -hmm. would to, to go, you know, through that also. Yeah. Um, where's that verse that you found right when we were about to start? That's so awesome about baptism that we just want to say, oh, verse four, when it just says, this is so important mm -hmm. when we talk about like ordinances and ceremonies that sometimes we might be tempted to say like oh baptism washes away our sins um but look at 31 second Nephi 31 4 it says the lord showed unto me this prophet who should baptize the lamb of god which should take away the sins of the world that baptism doesn't cleanse sin um jesus cleanses mm -hmm. sin yeah because you would accidentally read that as um it showed unto me that um he that should baptize which would take away the sins of the world but the important part is what comes right after baptize. Showed unto me that should baptize the Lamb of God. It could say who should take away the sins of the world. And it's important just to keep all of that relationship in order. Right. And the roles of each of those things. Yeah, that okay. was so good. The fourth one's so awesome. It's uh, about the Holy Ghost, which is such a beautiful... I mean, here you go again. This just like living and relationship and moving through life with the companionship of the Holy Ghost. We're looking in 2 Nephi 32, um, 2 and 3, where he says, um, do, not, do you not remember I said, after you received the Holy Ghost, which he talked about in 31, um, you would speak with the tongue of angels. And how could you speak with the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost? Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. They speak the words of Christ. Wherefore, feast upon the words of Christ. For behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. And then add into that five where it says, if you will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what you should do. Oh, I love this so much because in other words, what he's going to, what he tells us is the Holy Ghost is going to show us and it's going to tell us. It becomes a show and tell. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think to yourself, what was the best show and tell you ever brought in elementary school? Did you have show and tell in Texas? We invented sure. show and tell in Texas. <laughs> Even though Jane's class, someone brought a hippopotamus <gasps> this month. 
How did they do it? It's our neighbor, and they have a hippo. No. I'm not kidding. That's a true life thing. Oh, I'm sorry if it's illegal. (laughs) We live in Pleasant Grove. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I was going to say my best show and tell, but now you just ruined it. It was a baby lamb, and everyone got to feed it with a bottle. That was a good one. Mine was a hippo. Yours was not. That's a lie. <laughs> but I promise they brought a hippo. But I love, okay, keep going. What are you going to say about show oh, and tell? That it's so fun as you think about the job of the spirit because who loved show and tell day? It was seriously was my favorite day of all the days. Not as a mom. As a mom, I hated when my kids came down the stairs and we were like, it's show and tell. And I was like, oh. We have nothing oh, to show or That's why help. I hate Valentine's also. Exactly. I need a box that moves but and walks around. But when you around. were at school, show and tell was your best day because you just had no idea what was going to appear on that day. It was always so good. <laughs> and that is what I love about the spirit. I love that Nephi is like, here, let me tell you something you might not recognize. But he has the ability to just lay this out and through the words that are here, he can tell you what you need to do, or once you're baptized and you have the gift of the Holy Ghost, he can also show you what you can do. I love that thought of like, that's how much power he has. He has the ability to show and to tell. That's what he's going to do for us. And again, in our own language and according to our own understanding, I was just in this um, broadcast with Elder Bednar um, this week, and he said, um, one of the things he talked about is visiting a lot of the saints in Africa. He says they are dreamers there. And he says it's not uncommon for um, somebody to walk up to the missionaries and say, you're messengers of God. I dreamt about you last hmm. night. Please tell me what you want to say. Um, and that he said that probably doesn't happen to the missionaries very much in downtown L.A. You know, but like God will tell us and show us the way and and show us where we need to correct and show us what's good like hmm. and tell us and all again according to our language language and yeah, understanding I love that part this part is really so neat these two chapters of teaching us how really how all of these things are connecting points um back to christ and i this one's so good and i love that what nephi says after he says behold he's gonna tell you all things that you should do through the words of Christ. And he's also going to show unto you the things that you should do. And then in verse 6, when he's like, Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ. And there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself to you. I love that he's like, this is it. Like, do you see what I'm showing you here? This is um, the how the gospel works. Yeah. And, and part of the power of it is the Holy Ghost. And do you know how that works in your life? Do you know how the Holy Ghost communicates to you and i think that's something we work on always for Mm -hmm. for the rest of our life we will be working on what that looks like i had the opportunity to talk to a good friend of mine who lives here who's older than i am and i was asking him if it gets easier to listen to the legals like does revelation come easier the older you get and he said no it doesn't which kind of my heart sunk a little bit right then because i was like i i want to know i'm getting better and better and then he said, I feel like the Lord keeps us in abject humility in order for revelation to continue to work in our lives. And I thought that's so important to realize that part of being able to have this connection and all of these connecting points, all of them require us to stay humble, right? To stay in that really teachable place 
where we can use each of these things. We, we never get to the point where we're like, well, I'm good at repenting. I never have to do that again. Yeah. Or I'm really good at praying, so I don't have to worry about practicing prayer anymore. Or I'm good at listening to the Spirit. It's interesting that the doctrine of Christ is something that is like cyclical. It's just, it keeps, we keep doing it over and over again. And even though we don't get baptized <laughs> on a regular basis, but we live that covenant and we renew we it every single Sunday. Yeah. That is that, again, just that pattern and the routine and the rhythm of our life. But that makes sense when you know that it's about our trusting, living relationship. Because at what point are you like done with a relationship mm -hmm. with a good friend? You know, yeah. you're not. And I've been thinking about that, that you told me about your neighbor and friend talking about that. And I've just been like, oh, it's so interesting that sometimes we're like, I wish that this wouldn't be so difficult. I wish there came a time when... I thought the same thing about exercise, P.S. One day I came home from a run and I was like, Jenny, it never gets easier. And she was like, I know that's the purpose of exercise. It's supposed to push you. And I was like, well, I just want to be at a, you plateau. know, a plateau. But yes. you don't want that with a person or with a relationship. You don't want to sit down for lunch and just be like, here we are again, you know. Yeah. But I love the idea of like the struggle, you know, and like the mm -hmm. seeking and the learn. Like God's like, this is perfect is exactly where I want us. I want us spending time together. I want us struggling together through mm -hmm. it. I want us working it out. I want I want my hands on your face close. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I want. Yes. And I feel like this endure to the end sort of sounds like a fifth thing, but it really is an explanation of everything that we've right. just well, been saying. Right, well that's what I love. I love that it's almost as like, and you can't do this all on Wednesday, right? This is, you're gonna do this now until the end. This is what life is gonna look like until the end, and you love these verses. These are some of your favorite verses. Second Nephi 31, 19. And now, my beloved brethren, after you have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask um, if all is done. And that sounds so funny. That is a checklist person. Yes, like, am I done? It is. Did do I, I do, do it? I, do I get to heaven now? Do I yeah. get my mansion? I want a pool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, wait. I you get a pool. <laughs> Um, and he says, Behold, I say unto you, No, for you have not come this far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly on the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore, ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, you will have eternal life. And remember what eternal life is. This is important um, because it tells us, this is my work of my glory to bring to pass the eternal life of men. But um, we read in the New Testament, eternal life is to know the Father and his Son whom he has sent. That's eternal life. And enduring to the end and qualifying, we don't, we're not qualifying for eternal life. We're qualifying to know Christ. That's what we're trying to do there. And so does that happen on the last day? No, that happens every day. Yeah. That's what we're doing every single day. It's it this isn't an end game moment. This is a the way we live our life every single day. Yeah. And what's so important is maybe these two verses together, the end of 19, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. He will do the saving. Faith in his name, repentance, baptism, all these things aren't things to be save saved. Us. He saves and relying, we are relying on his saving power, not just to save us from sin and death, 
but to save us from our ignorance, to save us from our doubts, Mm -hmm. to save us from broken relationships, to save us from misery. It goes back to 25 when we talk about this is what believing looks like. This is believing. Mm -hmm. Um, And he will save and we will believe by having faith and by being baptized and by learning how to communicate with the Spirit and by turning again over and over to Christ. That's believing in Christ. Mm. Um, Whenever I talk to my own kids about like, okay, what is this like the doctrine of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ look like? This is why you'll see a hand that's on here because we talk about all of these different things, you know, the, the things we went through like faith in his name and repentance. But I left a blank there because I tell them you always have to start in the palm with Prince in the palm. Like it starts with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. He's the center. It's faith and trust in him. It's turning and getting a fresh view of him. It's covenant relationship with him. It's listening to his words, having him show us the way and continually living in that your entire life. 21 says, now my beloved brethren, this is his last word. This is last, you know, that's a lie, but it's close to his last words. Where are you going to 21? Don't forget to go I, to six. Oh yeah, yeah. 31, 21, where he's like, this Third, is, this oh. is the way. And oh, there's I no other way given under heaven. No other name, excuse me, whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. Um, and then he takes us to your favorite verse in all of Scripture. Ah, okay, you guys, you can't wait. 33. I thought you were going to forget this No, one. my gosh. This is the one I want to have glued on my face. Um, <laughs> I just love this one so much. Um, all of chapter 33 is just beautiful. So good. Um, but one of our favorite verses is verse 6. This is the end of Nephi's life when he says, I glory in plainness. There's his favorite word again. Mm -hmm. Mm, Second favorite word. His Mm -hmm. favorite word's coming. I glory in plainness. I glory in truth. I glory in my Jesus, for he hath redeemed my soul from hell. And isn't that a beautiful phrase? My Jesus. There's relationship there. Mm -hmm. There's, he's not the savior of the world, even though he is. He's mine. And, 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 and remember at the beginning here, we said, Nephi's like, make sure you know that this is not about the boat and the bow and the brothers and everything. This is about how God walked with me through all of those things. He's my Jesus. There is, I've got this new song I love so much. And it says, um, uh, we've got history. It's a song about God. And it's somebody singing to him and saying like, we've got history. You and I, we go way, way back. We go way, way back. And I, I love the thought of, of that, of mm. being able to like say to him, like, you and me, we have, uh, we have history. And I just figured out kind of how to put this into words this week. And maybe this would be a great spot to put this in and share this as a, a scripture study tip. For, all, for a really long time in my life, I was taught to look at the heroes of the scriptures, right? This is what Esther did. This is what Abinadi did. This is what Nephi did. Like, look, he went to his dad and he looked. Weren't... Instead, one year, I just took Nephi's advice, which was, no, look at the great things God is doing in this book. And then this is, you know, in our journal, the reason we put this in there is because then the next thing you want to do is see where he is that, where he's being so great, the great things he's doing in your life. And your same friend and neighbor used this phrase, which was experience his attributes. Mm. Don't just know about them. 
experience them. And the day that you, I mean, if you find the greatness of God in scripture, it makes it so thrilling. But man, when it becomes worship, when it becomes mm-hmm. living in Christ, yeah, it's when you see it in your own Oh, it's life. when you're experiencing it and it makes that experience. Then it's worship. Then it's gospel. Then it's... Mm. It'd be really fun right now. I'm just thinking as you're listening to it, what I want to do is sit, go back now and look at Nephi because we've, we've watched Nephi from the beginning of the Book of Mormon till now and try and capture what were those great things. And what I want to ask myself is where did the Lord show up in his life. Mm-hmm. Where was he? Because at the end those of... Those my Jesus yeah, moments. Yeah, those my Jesus moments. At the end of Nephi's life, when it's his turn to go and meet the Lord, you know what he's going to say to you. Thank you for being there when I went back to get the scriptures and when my bow broke and for meeting me on the top of that mountain every time I was trying to figure out how to build that boat and get my family all the way across the ocean and when... My hands were tied and there was that big storm, right? Thanks for being there. Well, when I get my chance to see Jesus, I'm not going to walk up to him and say, thanks for being there when Nephi's bow broke and when he was trying to build that bow and all those moments on the mountain. That is not what I'm going to say. I'm going to walk up to him and say, thanks for being there when we thought Greg had cancer and thanks for being there with every single baby that we prayed here and thanks for being there right in all those moments where he showed up in my life and that's not going to be your prayer Mm -mm. you're going to have your own this is what jesus looked like in my life and this is what jesus looked like here and and this is a record of jesus showing up for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways and part of what we need to learn how to do is figure out how he shows up for us yeah this is just a, a a pattern a conduit of being able to see like oh that's the kind of god that i can start looking for Mm -hmm. and expecting but it's got to come off the pages it's got to come into our story because man we don't read scripture we're trying to develop a relationship like this is not end game Mm -hmm. this is the way that teaches us how to enter into relationship with him yeah so so good oh we are gonna miss nephi Bye, friend. We're about to meet See Jacob, you. and there's so many things I love yeah, about you Jacob. You can't wait for oh, this book. We're so excited for <laughs> so Jacob. awesome. Okay, see you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com, and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.